God our Father, and from the Lord Jesus, dear friends. Part of God's Word that we'll give our attention to this morning comes from that book of 1 Peter chapter 1, reading verses 3 to 9. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all this, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, salvation of your soul. This is the word of our God. Glad Easter's over. Not very proud to say that these are my words. This is how I began a phone conversation with my older brother Matt on the Monday after Easter. A number of years back, when I was serving as a single pastor at a mid-sized congregation in Florida, I figured that he would know what I meant since he's a pastor as well. I mean, those six weeks of Lent leading up to Easter, the best time of the year for a pastor, but also the busiest. In addition to the regular routine of things, there's an extra service and sermon to prepare each week. Down there, at least, we didn't have the same kind of rotations that we have up here that helps out a little bit. And all the while, you knew that the busiest week of all was still coming. Three services, three sermons, Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, and Easter. And even now, with two pastors on staff, it's still a busy time of the year. And I know that it's not just busy for us pastors. I mean, the organists, musicians, and vocalists, They put in a lot of extra time in those weeks leading up to Easter. Those who help out with our midweek dinners, those who do the decorating and the cleaning around church here, they put in a lot of extra time in those weeks leading up to Easter. So many of God's people are coming to worship two times a week rather than one. On Holy Week, there were people who were here for all three services. All the while, you're planning and making preparations for your own Easter celebration. It's one of the best times of the year for God's people, but also one of the busiest. And so in that phone call that I had with my brother on that Monday, I probably said this with a little bit of a sigh in my voice, uh, glad Easter is over. And in typical big brother fashion, He didn't offer me any sympathy, 
knowing that I didn't deserve any. Instead, he shot right back at me and said, Pat, Easter is never over. And of course, he's right. The day may come and go, but praise God that the joy and blessings of Easter, they are never gone. Because Jesus lived, we are reborn to this living hope. Jesus' Easter victory brings joy for our future, but it also brings joy for our lives right now. Peter says, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you. God has given each one of us new birth into a living hope. A hope that is based on historical fact that Jesus Christ, God's own Son, really did walk this earth for 30-some years. He really did live a perfectly holy life in the place of all of us. He really was crucified. He died and was buried. And on the third day, He rose again. Our living hope is centered on the promise that our Savior makes to us. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me will live even though he dies. Jesus has conquered sin and death and given us the promise of eternal life. Because of his victory, we look to the future with joy. And it's important for us to keep that in mind. Because nobody really enjoys experiencing all of those things that send a clear message that these bodies that we have are wearing out. Wearing out probably more quickly than we would like. We get sick and we find that it takes a lot longer to bounce back than it used to. Maybe we get down on the floor to play with kids or grandkids and we realize it's not as easy to get back up as it once was. Maybe every time we go to the doctor, she's alerting us to some new health concern that she has. We don't like to hear that our blood pressure is rising, that our joints are growing rusty and arthritic, that our immune system is not what it used to be. All of this can be pretty depressing for people. There really is no hope for a future with these bodies and in this world. Each day is really just one day closer to the end of things. But Peter reminds us that even as we see earthly things like that being taken away from us, even when it seems like our health or our bodies are kind of circling the drain, still, we can look to the future with joy because of this inheritance that God has promised us. An inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. An inheritance that is kept in heaven for you. Some adult children get very concerned about the inheritance that they're going to receive. 
you know, maybe dad turns 60, decides to get a new sports car or a new truck. <laughs> they think, uh-oh, there goes a chunk. Or mom and dad, they have 50 years together and they want to take a nice, long, maybe extravagant vacation together. Uh-oh, there goes another chunk, right? So maybe like me, some of you think, well, kind of glad that my parents were rather poor. I don't have to worry about that. There's not going to be much to dwindle away anyways. But then maybe we find ourselves worrying about having no inheritance whatsoever. But we'd be wrong, right? Each one of us as God's people have this heavenly and eternal inheritance waiting for us. One that doesn't suffer from the wasting processes of this world. One that we don't have to worry about being spent down before we get our hands on it. No, we can always count on it, always hope in it, because it comes from the one who is the creator of our hope, the one who never changes, and therefore his promises to us never change either. This inheritance that Christ won for us with his own precious blood stands waiting for us, untainted by sin and untouched by time been said that life with Christ is an endless hope, but without him, a hopeless end. Praise God that Easter is never over. Because Jesus lives, we've been reborn to this living hope, so we get to the look at the future, real joy in our heart. But what about our lives right now? You know, it's pretty likely, or it seems pretty likely, that Peter wrote this letter from the city of Rome. He was writing to believers who were scattered throughout the empire. And if that's the case, then Peter was also witnessing firsthand the horrendous persecution that was beginning under those Roman emperors. And Peter knew it was only a matter of time before that would spread to the outlying provinces as well. And even if right at that present time, those scattered believers weren't experiencing that physical persecution. They certainly knew what social harassment was all about. I mean, life for these early Christians wasn't getting any easier as they lived as strangers in this world, no longer fitting in with their pagan neighbors and friends like they once did. The same is true for us. As we live and work among unbelievers or even among those who are actively opposed to Christ, no picnic. And alongside of that, for us and those believers then, there are the everyday trials and troubles of life that come as well. But to them and to us, Peter holds out hope. Not just the promise of joy for the future, but even the promise of joy for our lives right now. And I know that sometimes we wonder, how can that really be? I mean, how can we really be joyful in this life when we see so many things in this world kind of going down the tubes around us? How can we have joy in this life when we experience all kinds of pressure and maybe even persecution for our own faith as well? How can we have joy when these bodies of ours are wearing out like we just talked about? How can we have joy when we or a loved one is experiencing some chronic disease or illness. 
There are a lot of things that can suck the joy right out of us in this life. A lot of trials and troubles that come. And one thing we want to be clear about, first of all, is that God never hides that from us. He never pretends like those things aren't going to happen. Peter makes that clear. You may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come. Part and parcel of life in a fallen world. God has never promised us heaven here on earth. But he does promise to set limit on these things. In 1 Corinthians 10, God says he is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. Psalm 103 says, The Lord is compassionate and gracious. He knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. How comforting to know that God has set these limits, that He's not going to give us more than what we can handle. And I know that sometimes maybe it seems like God trusts us a little too much, like He gives us more than we think that we can handle. But we have to remember that God knows each one of us perfectly and completely. And He sets those limits accordingly. Secondly, God assures us that trials and troubles that we face in this life are only for a little while. Now by saying that, Peter is not trying to diminish these trials or to say that they're not very severe at times. We know different point that he's simply making is that every trial that we face in this life is ultimately limited in its duration. It ain't going to last forever. Imagine that you drew a line that represented the entire history of this world from creation till the day that Jesus comes back. Just use for a rough number 10,000 years. Underneath that line, you drew one that represented your lifespan in this world, let's say 80 years, what would that second line look like in comparison to the first one? Maybe just a tiny little dash, right? Now imagine that second line, the line of your lifespan, compared to a line that represents all of eternity. What would the dash look like now? Speck? Would we even be able to see it at all? Peter says, these trials, these grief, are just for a little while. Even if we were to experience them our entire lives, from birth to death, still compared with eternity, it'd be almost nothing. That's why the Apostle Paul can write, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. The third reason that we can have joy even in the midst of the trials that we face is because we know that God takes our difficulties and even the disasters of life and turns them inside out and makes them an opportunity for blessing. Peter compares our faith here to gold ore that's being refined by fire. The extreme heat removes all the impurities from it. So all that's left is pure, precious gold. We can be confident that whatever difficulties may come into our lives, God is using them for that purpose. Even if we don't like them, even if they are very painful, 
God is using them to purify the faith that He worked in our hearts. For this reason, so that the proven genuineness of your faith may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. God will not give you more than you can handle. The trials are only for a little while. God takes these difficult things and works them for our blessing. With these promises in mind, we can live every day in this world with great joy. But you know, Peter gives us even more reason. He says, though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your soul. Notice that Peter doesn't say, you will receive the end result of your faith. He says, you are receiving the end result of your faith. The blessings of Jesus' Easter victory are ours to enjoy right now. Jesus tells his people, whoever believes in me has everlasting life and will never perish. We don't have to wait for the blessings of Calvary and the empty tomb to belong to us. We already possess them, and that's what fills us with this inexpressible and glorious joy. Because we know that right now we have a peace that the world doesn't have and cannot give to us. We know that every day of our lives, no matter what happens, because of what Jesus has done, we stand in a right relationship with the Almighty God. Our fear has been replaced by faith. We know that whatever trials or difficulties may come, God will use them for our good and for His glory. We find joy in knowing that Jesus has ascended into heaven and is right now preparing the place where we will spend all eternity with Him. And from that spot of posi or that position of power and authority at God's right hand, He's ruling over everything in this universe to make sure that each one of us arrives safely to that home that He's prepared. Praise God that Easter is never over. Because Jesus lived, we're reborn to this living hope, and so our joy as God's people is constant and eternal. What a great Easter celebration we had last weekend. More than 400 people gathered at our two campuses to worship the risen Lord Jesus. The Lord's Supper was offered. Favorite hymns were sung. I don't even think the sermon was too long. The choir, the organ sang, the trumpet blasted. Don't get me started on the breakfast. It was great. We should celebrate Easter more often. Remember the promise. Easter is never over. So let's live, worship, and serve, and give. With that truth in mind, we have been reborn to a living hope. Thanks to Jesus' victory, we have joy for our future. We have joy for our lives right now. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding guard and keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.